Welcome back, everybody, to the Coastal Covers Podcast. This is the GCG coming at you from the normally uh, very sunny Gulf Coast of Florida today. A little bit different weather. Um, So, yeah, it's been a crazy week. We've been doing our best over here to uh, prep for the show and still get through it. But, um, hey, at one point, you know, hashtag Hurricane Ian had us, like, right in its sights. Uh, the Indian burial grounds of Tampa Bay strike again. Um, there's more scientific reasons to it than that, but that's what I'll go with because it's the most fun. Um, and push the storm a little south. Now, uh, this is not a weather podcast, so uh, please don't tune out. I'm, I'm not going straight weather. Uh, I'd just like to send a, uh, you know, fair wishes, uh, thoughts, thoughts there with uh, Southern Gulf Coast of Florida here. Um, it's not looking great for them. Huge hurricane, Cat 4, possibly Cat 5, going to hit down low. Um, you know, I dodged it. Protopapa dodged it. We still weren't able to link up this week because all the preparations. And basically, you know, we're still kind of in a tropical storm for like the next day, day and a half. So we got to hunker down a little bit, hang out. Um, my girlfriend ran me absolutely ragged with preparing. <laughs> so uh, it's been pretty tough to link up. Plus, we're expecting some power outages here. So... Um, we didn't want to do anything over uh, internet or anything like that, just in case the power did go out. We're still trying to get a quality episode. So point of all this, thoughts are with the South uh, Gulf Coast of Florida right now. Good luck, guys. Um, can't wait to see you on the other side and uh, talk football again once you're ready to, to tune in. Um, other than that, you know. Let's move forward and uh, talk some football games and think about something a little more pleasant than a uh, giant stupid storm that had to go and mess up like a bunch of people's lives. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. Let's do this. Uh, yeah, Protopapa's picks will be coming in uh, by way of Twitter. Last week, the picks, uh, both on the recorded episode and the uh, sent-in picks. So make sure you follow him. When he posts it, he was, uh, I believe, 10 games over 500. I was around 9. Um, I had an extra push in there. We had a different line on a couple games, and uh, I think one went for a win his way and a push my way, and another went for a win my way and a loss his way. So that's why the records are a little different. Also, I bit on a game and put in a bonus pick on Colorado State, and they just continue to absolutely suck. Uh, I am currently grading them as an FCS team, so they have joined the ranks of Florida International, uh, them. I think there might be one more out there. There's a couple close, I know. Um, but those two for sure. I upgraded Charlotte from SPCS grading just because Chris Reynolds came back. So good for you, Charlotte. Akron dangling right there on the line of being ranked as an FCS for me. Uh, New Mexico State, same thing, but they did come through for me last week. Um, so, yeah, those teams all suck. I guess that's the point of that. All right, so let's just start getting into the schedule. Thursday, uh, September 29th, out in Provo, Utah. Uh, BYU is laying 24.5 against Utah State. The Aggies, the terrible, terrible Aggies. They haven't quite made it to FCS ranking for me yet, but they are pretty low. <laughs> uh, that being said, Notre Dame's on deck for BYU. Uh, and this was this is a rivalry game. You know, it is. It's, it's a little bit of a... Uh, you know, a mini version of the Holy War. So 
Uh, let's go ahead. Let's take Utah State in the 24 and a half. Hope they can finally find a way to cover something. I keep biting on them too, much like Colorado State, thinking they're going to turn it around eventually. But uh, I don't know. BYU, big game on deck. Maybe a little look-ahead spot. Uh, get this one wrapped up. They got more than a week to prepare for their big game against Notre Dame. So uh, let's go ahead and let's take Utah State plus 24 and a half. All right, moving into the Friday slate, Houston laying two and a half. This line kind of pissed me off because I really want to start fading Houston because I hate Houston right now. They suck. I keep thinking they're going to turn it around and then, you know, they get blown out by Kansas, who I know looks good. And they uh, struggled with Rice, who's been looking better. But come on, you got to beat Rice by more than a touchdown, Houston. Uh, that game was really, really close, and, and they did not look like the better team at any given point. Tulane looking pretty good so far this year, but I still have these teams uh, separated by a little bit. So I'm going to take Houston minus two and a half to get it done. They've won five of the last seven, so let's roll with it. A game I uh, actually kind of like here on deck here for Friday, UTSA minus four at Middle Tennessee and Murfreesboro. Um Middle Tennessee is coming off that win against Miami. So what do we know about those games? You fade the team coming off the major win. UTSA, better team than Middle Tennessee anyway. I know Middle Tennessee is looking pretty good. Ricky Stock still got that extension, and he's just been rolling. Um, but it is what it is. I'm, I'm laying the four with UTSA, and I feel pretty damn good about that one. Boise State minus six against San Diego State. Now be careful here. San Diego State has won the last two of these matchups. Um I think both of these teams look far below what they uh, kind of looked like going into the preseason so far. Anyway, Boise State coming off a big loss to uh, UTEP, which was just ridiculous. They don't look good. Um, Bachmeyer sitting. So here we are. I don't know, Andy Avalos. It doesn't seem like you got the track going right, but I'm going to go ahead and take Boise State on the bounce back at the Smurf turf. And we'll see what happens. Uh, Washington, the Huskies laying three against UCLA. UCLA is actually 12 and four in this matchup since the year 2000. So um, last year it was a close game when Washington wasn't very good. I think it was like a seven point game, but even the years that Washington's been pretty decent, uh, these teams, you know, right around the same level there for a little bit, but Washington's had some really good years, but um, UCLA has been running this thing. So I'm going to go with them to uh, definitely cover the three. I like the plus three, but probably say sprinkle a little on that money line too. home dog uh, two kind of evenly matched teams. Uh, a lot of uncertainty still there in Washington. You know, they're looking really good, but who knows? So uh, I expect a lot of points in this one. That's for sure. The defenses aren't going to set the world on fire. So um, first real, real test for both of these teams. And uh, I'm going to take the home dog. New Mexico at UNLV. UNLV laying 14, looking really good this year. Um, they won this game by 14 last year. So the line's right around the same. I know UNLV is looking a little better than they did last year, definitely. Um but I think New Mexico is to an extent as well. They're not great, but they're looking a little better than they've been. So I'm going to go ahead and take the 14 here. UNLV, big time uh, big time consensus play by the public as far as tickets go, just bets place. So um, I'm going to take New Mexico as, as the road dog in that spot. Saturday, into the Saturday slot. Let's, let's do this. Um, let's talk some big time games. All right, this week's tough. We're getting into conference play now. We're starting to get rid of the bullshit games. Now we're going to find out what these teams are all about. So um, hopefully you're tracking these teams well and, and, and you think you got it figured out. Michigan laying 10.5 at Iowa in Kinnick Stadium, uh, Iowa City, the wave to the kids, you know, all of that. It's a tough, tough, tough place to play. Now I know Michigan, they beat the hell out of this team in the Big Ten Championship last year. 
but they've lost four straight games in Kinnick. There's no way I'm laying 10.5 with Michigan on the road here, especially I know Maryland's looking good. Uh, Mike Mike bought into them this year, and I, I really didn't. I thought they were going to be a very average team. Um, and I'm starting to come around on Maryland, but still, Michigan, you got to get that game done by a little bit more. I mean, you know, the opening kick goes, and they score in five seconds. They kick the ball off to Maryland, and Michigan scored like five seconds into the game. So it looked like it was going to be the normal scenario, but it just wasn't. Michigan got a lot to figure out on offense, and, you know, if you don't have it figured out on offense, Iowa and Kinnick Stadium, that's not the place to try to figure it out. So I'm going to take the 10.5 with Iowa pretty confidently. Um, sure, you could sprinkle on the money line. It, it's not something I recommend going crazy about, um, you know, but it could happen. So it's happened four straight times at Kinnick that Iowa has gone ahead and beat Michigan. So there you have it. Um, Kentucky traveling to Ole Miss. Speaking of teams that haven't won anywhere in a long time, Ole Miss uh, – They've won every game in Oxford against Kentucky since 1978. So opposite sides of the conference. They don't play every single year, obviously, but that's a long time <laughs> still. So uh, Ole Miss laying six and a half here. I am going to take them to uh, get that one done by a touchdown or more. I think it's going to be a close game. I, th- I think you're going to be really pushing it pushing it with that line. I, you know, I, I get that there's going to be a lot of people playing Kentucky money line because why not, right? But uh I think Ole Miss gets this one done, and I think it's going to be really close to this line, really close to right around a touchdown. So we'll see what happens there, but I'm, I'm going to lay the points with Ole Miss. Oklahoma minus 6.5 at TCU. Um, it's homecoming for TCU, so that's cool, but Oklahoma's beat this team uh, eight games straight. I'm not going to trust Sonny Dykes in this kind of game, especially up against a uh, a defensive legendary coach like Brent Venables. I think he's going to figure something out for Sonny Dykes offense. I'm going to lay the, the touchdown almost here, six and a half with the Sooners on the bounce back. I know Red River's on deck too, but um, I, th- I think they get this one done. So Purdue at Minnesota, Minnesota laying 12 and a half. Now I will say uh, it's homecoming for Minnesota and they've won eight of the last nine against Purdue. So I do think Minnesota wins this game. I'm going to take the 12 and a half, but um just watch the status of Aiden O'Connell. It's still really unclear. He's questionable. Uh, you're probably not going to get a lot of insight from Jeff Brom about that. Uh, without him, they really struggled against FAU. I mean, I laid the 20 last week uh, thinking they were still going to have some offense to generate. But 28-26, I think, was the final of that game. It just didn't look great. Um, maybe they were looking ahead to this Minnesota game. So I don't know. I'm going to take the 12 and a half. I'm going to hope Aiden O'Connell plays. If he doesn't, I don't really like it all too much, but uh, that's what I'm going to roll with as of now. Kansas State minus eight against Texas Tech. Now, Kansas State coming off a huge road win in Norman against uh, Oklahoma. So what do we do? We usually fade that, right? Well, Texas Tech is also coming off a a huge win. Uh, It wasn't home, but a huge emotional win against the Longhorns. So uh, Kansas State has won 10 of the last 11 in this matchup. Last year was a close game, one-point game. But I am going to lay the eight. I think uh, I trust Kleiman as a coach a little bit more than uh, Joey McGuire. I really don't know what I think about Joey McGuire yet. Um, so I trust him as a coach a little bit more to have his team, you know, still ready to go in this one, get this one done. Uh, eight, I don't love it, but I'm laying it. Army minus seven and a half against Georgia State. Now, uh, Army is off the bye. They won this game 43 to 10 last year. I'm a little scared something cute's going to happen here, and somehow Georgia State's going to cover this game, but there is nothing, nothing showing me to take Georgia State in this game. They look bad this year so far. I know they're a talented team, and they're pretty well coached typically 
I know that, but they look bad so far this year. Uh, I've had to adjust on them. And Army, you know, somewhere along what I expected them to look at. Like, they've had a tough schedule so far to open up. So um, coming off the bye, though, beating their ass last year, I don't see any reason not to lay the seven and a half. If this line goes up a, a, a couple points, a point and a half or so, I wouldn't touch it really. But um, seven and a half, I'll lay with Army. Wisconsin minus seven at home against Illinois public getting all over Illinois all excited about that Wisconsin still won this game 24 to nothing last year and they're just about as shitty as they were last year honestly um here's the thing you know this is going to be a big time defensive game these are two teams that are about the same exact type of program uh it's just Wisconsin's a better version of it plus Bielema coming back to Camp Randall uh I don't know how Bielema feels about about Wisconsin really I mean but he talked a lot of shit on the way out I feel like they remember that. I feel like they want to beat their ass a little bit. I think they're talented enough definitely to at least cover the seven in, in a game that's going to surely be very boring. Um, Louisville laying 15 and a half at Boston College. I'm not going to deep dive into this one too much. I'm really sick of betting Boston College. Um, they're terrible. They really, really suck. They're one of the worst power five teams I've seen so far this year. However, Louisville's not a world beater either. And, uh, it's a lot of points for a team that I don't trust to be laying on the, the road and, 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 quite frankly, a sleepy spot that I don't know how you get up for. Boston College, um, Chestnut Hill, you know, it's not a good home field advantage, but it is like slightly a good home field advantage because it's it's a sleepy environment. There's just no getting into that game. So, uh, you know, I'm going to take the points at home, but it's nothing I feel crazy good about. Air Force laying 14 against Navy. Um, this game is at Falcon, State, Falcon Stadium. So uh, Air Force 23-3 last year. These two teams are about pretty similar to what they were last year. 32-22 and 22 all-time in this rivalry for Air Force. I think they are the much better team. Triple option games can be close, so there is that. They should be close, typically. I just think Air Force is pretty far above Navy at this point, so I'm going to lay the two touchdowns at home. Uh, Temple traveling to the Liberty Bowl to play Memphis. They beat Memphis last year in an upset spot that I actually called last year. I like that spot. This year, I don't like an upset spot, but it seems like kind of another like sort of sleepy spot for Memphis. They're going to get it done. But uh, Kurt Warner's kid, there's some momentum going on there uh, at Temple with that going on. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the 19 and a half. Nothing crazy, but you know it is what it is. JMU at home, laying 22 against Texas State. Now, I think Texas State sucks. Uh, their coach, Jake Spavadol, Spavadol ugh, um, I think is eventually going to get fired at some point during or after this season. But um, I like them to cover this spot. I like them to take take the 22 points here. Uh, public getting all over JMU. Huge win against App State last week. Uh, we called it here. We called it here on the Coastal Covers podcast. Love it. Love it. Um but yeah, I like Texas State to at least cover that 22. Um, you know, I wouldn't put all your money on it because it is still at the end of the day, it's Texas State, but it's a good spot. We'll put it that way. Oregon State catching 10 and a half at Rice Eccles Stadium against Utah, the Utes. Um, quite frankly, I think Oregon State's getting too many points here. Uh, I, I get why the line is where where it is. You're, you know, you're coming off a big game last week against USC. You're traveling, you're playing at one of the tougher environments uh, in the Pac 12. But, you know, Oregon State won this game outright last year. I'm not going to bet them to win outright, but, you know, I think they're close to as good of a team. If it was a home game, I, I, I probably would be betting Oregon State to win this. So 10.5, I like the points. 
EMU laying 20 against UMass. Uh, homecoming for EMU, you know, good scheduling there. Get your homecoming, feel good about yourself. Um, they're laying 20 points, but it's the second leg of a back-to-back for UMass. Um, back-to-back road trip, that is. I, I, I'm going to lay the points with EMU. It's it's nothing I love, but, you know, I, I don't know. How, how do you take UMass here? I just I just don't know. Um, Northern Illinois laying three and a half against Ball State. Um, second leg of a back-to-back road trip for NIU, too. Now, this game was close last year. NIU won 30-29. to um, But it was a very different Ball State team last year. They didn't perform well, but they had a ton of talent. This year, they really don't. Um, I know the public's going to be all over NIU here. I'll say what's the status of Rocky Lombardi, the quarterback for NIU. He's still questionable. So keep an eye on that, but um, I'm going to lay the three and a half here. I, I don't see the sense in taking Ball State. Um, NIU is prone to playing close games, but they're the much better program at this point right here, and it's a short number. I, I kind of feel like maybe I'm being baited, but I got to lay it here. So NIU's my pick there. East Carolina minus nine and a half at South Florida. Now, here's where the hurricane comes into play. I get to talk more weather. I'm a fucking meteorologist now. Uh, instead of a sports handicapper. So there, there you go. That's how uh, quickly a week can change your life. Um, you know, South Florida, obviously, is the area that I've been talking about that's going to get affected uh, by the storm. So this game's being played in Boca Raton, which is uh, on the other coast. It's it's away from this storm. They're going to still get some weather, uh, but that's not really the, the concern here on Saturday. The concern is, is that UCF, uh, USF, I'm sorry, we were told, you know, as of as of this week, like this storm, you know, two days ago was targeting our area, my area. I live in the Tampa area. I'm uh, further west than them. I'm on the coast. But, you know, if that storm would have hit the Tampa area, it was going to be catastrophic, uh, like a mini, mini Katrina type situation, the way that the city set up. So um, it would have been absolutely like worst case scenario for what, what could happen. So nerves have been high around here, you know. It's just until like the last day that we found out that we're not going to get hit super hard. Um, so I doubt their minds have been heavily on football. They've been on their families. They've been on themselves. Uh, they've you know been out of class for this week. They haven't been practicing most likely. Maybe they are now that they moved moved the game. Maybe they're down in Boca Raton, I would imagine. I, I don't know how that works, honestly. But um, not only is ECU the better team here, I know they just lost to Navy, and I don't think much of them, but they are the better team in this game. Uh, but it's just a really bad spot for South Florida to be prepared for this one. So I feel pretty good about laying the nine and a half with the Pirates in this game. All right, Alabama minus 17 and a half to Fayetteville, Arkansas. Now, I called this one in the preseason, and I got to stick to my guns. I think Arkansas can hang with Alabama in the trenches. This was a seven-point game last year. Um, you know, Arkansas lost last week to AM in a really close game. It is what it is. Bama's going to score. Bama could run away with this thing a little bit, but I'm definitely taking the 17 and a half, and I still do think there could be an upset here. I think Arkansas gets really up for this one. Fayetteville's going to be lit. I think this is one of the only spots where Bama could lose this year, and they do look human. So I'm I'm taking Woo Pig Suey all damn day. I'm calling the upset. I'm taking the 17 and a half. Let's get it done, Sam Pittman and Arkansas. Let's go. Ohio State laying 41 against Rutgers. That's a lot of fun, right? Um, I don't know. Ohio State, they won 52-13 to last year. Uh, that would not have covered this number, but 
I don't, who gives a shit? I'll take Ohio State minus 41, but I, I don't feel good about it. Um, Oklahoma State at Baylor. Baylor laying two as of now. Oklahoma State coming off a of bye week. Big game for Oklahoma State because Baylor beat them in the Big 12 championship last year. Um, Oklahoma State got a win against them during the regular season in Stillwater. And then uh, Big 12 championship came around. Baylor got the revenge and uh, basically ended all playoff hopes and, you know, everything. The Big 12 championship for Oklahoma State. So a little bit of a revenge spot. Baylor's in the middle of a really tough stretch here playing BYU, um, playing Iowa State in the Ames last week. And now they're coming home and they got this uh, Oklahoma State team fresh off a bye with revenge on the mind. I'm taking Oklahoma State on the money line plus the points as well, uh, plus two. Northwestern at Penn State now. Northwestern looks god awful. They are, they are quickly approaching the bottom of my Power Five rankings. Um, you know, but they have actually they've won two of the last three against Penn State. Now they are not going to win this game. No chance. No how. No way. But I'm going to go ahead and take the 26 and a half with Patty Fitzgerald and Northwestern. Um, you know. He typically plays this team good. That's what I'm going to say. Another sleepy spot for Penn State. I'm going to I'm going to take the points for uh, Northwestern here. Wake Forest at Florida State. Now let's talk a little bit of weather again, right? Um, the storm was at one point targeting the Panhandle. Classes at Florida State have been out for the week. Um, they are going to get literally no effect from this storm whatsoever. They are perfectly fine. Uh, they might have sunny skies today, tomorrow. Uh, so they're one of the few parts of the state that will have no effect from the storm. However, they thought they were going to. So I don't know how their practices have been going up there. If they've been fully locked on, maybe they have family in areas that are going to be affected. Um, so I'm going to take, I, I, I mean, all those things aside, I would probably take the points with Wake Forest anyway, plus six and a half. So these teams are really, you know, kind of evenly matched. The Wake kind of looked like the real deal. Now, I know they are coming off like a dream crusher last week, losing that game in overtime to Clemson. So that is something to keep in mind. But I'm definitely going to take the six and a half here. Um, Wake's won two of these games straight. I, I still just think they're the much better roster. I think Colossus gets them up for this game. Uh, Iowa State laying three at Kansas. Here we go again. Let's go ahead and fade Kansas again. I'm the one who thinks they're good on this podcast, and I'm the one who keeps fading them. But Iowa State, I don't even think they look really all that great. It was, honestly, they look like a pretty good team. Hunter Decker sucks. That quarterback sucks. Sorry. Uh, if you ever listen to this, Hunter Deckers, I don't know. Prove me wrong, man. That's what you do to the haters, right? Shut us up. Well, shut us up this week because I'm going to lay the three with Iowa State. They beat this team 52-7 to last year. I know it's a completely different team. Jalen Daniels is the real deal, but I am not ready to uh, take Kansas to upset a team like Iowa State. Not just yet. Um, usually a pretty solid defensive team, so I think they can uh, get this one done here against the Jayhawks. Fresno State laying 24 at UConn. Uh, Jake Hayner not going to be back for this game. Boise is on deck. Fresno will be going to the Smurf turf on the second leg of a back-to-back -back next. So I like the spot for UConn. Not a ton, but I'm going to go ahead and take the points with UConn, despite the fact that they are absolutely decimated with injuries and they're not really a good team anyway. Um, I'm taking the points just because of the spot entirely across the country. Got to travel that whole way. First leg of a back-to-back -back road trip. Next game, huge against Boise on the Smurf turf. Um, no hainer. So, yeah, got to go Huskies here, um, but not super confidently. Battle of the Dogs, by the way. Dog breeds going at it in this game. Bulldogs versus Huskies. I like uh, Huskies better. Bulldogs, big, fat, stupid, ugly. Um, you know, cute in their own way. Every dog's great, but I like Huskies a little better, even though they're assholes. Um, 
Maryland minus seven and a half at home against Michigan State. I kind of went back and forth on this game. Michigan State won this game 40 to 21 last year. They beat Maryland four straight. This is a spot where I'd usually be like, ah, no, Maryland, once you get into this conference play, you uh, you suck. But I said that last week, and I'm, I'm getting kind of tired of saying that. I'm actually going to lay the seven and a half with Maryland. Um, it, they just look like the way better team. Michigan State, I, I thought they were going to really take a step back this year. I didn't know it was going to be this far back, though. They look really bad. So I'm going to lay the seven and a half with Maryland and roll with it. UNC minus nine against Virginia Tech. Now, Virginia Tech has won five of the last six matchups against UNC, including last year in Blacksburg to open the season. Um, and I don't think much of North Carolina, if I'm being honest. Their defense is absolutely terrible. Uh, week-to-week basis, they either look decent or they look god-awful. Typical UNC when they're kind of rated high, right? Even though they're not ranked this year, this people still think they're decent. I still thought they were decent, and they're pulling classic UNC shit. However, I really think Virginia Tech's really, really bad. Um, Grant Wells is probably going to look like Peyton Manning out there today, or, or Saturday, I'm sure. But uh, I'm still going to lay the nine with uh, North Carolina, say they're going to outscore Virginia Tech eventually. <laughs> so, um Central Michigan at Toledo. Toledo is laying seven in the glass bowl in Toledo, Ohio. Homecoming for Toledo. But uh, Central Michigan won in overtime last year. Toledo has won 10 in the last 12. I think Toledo's going to get it done. However, I think this game's a little closer than a touchdown spread. I'm thinking it's a little closer to a field goal spread, honestly. So I'm going to take Central Michigan in the points in that one. Bowling Green laying eight and a half at Akron. Um, both of these teams suck. If I'm being honest, we all know that second leg of a back-to-back road trip for Bowling Green. Akron has won two straight against Bowling Green. (laughs) So um, here I go again. I'm going to go ahead and take the eight and a half with Akron. I don't love it, but I don't know. It's what recent history has told us. Honestly, their roster might have more talent on it, even though they probably suck worse at this point by just a little bit. So over a touchdown, I'm going to take Akron. Miami of Ohio against Buffalo. The Bulls actually laying one and a half here. Uh, Probably a couple reasons for that. Second leg of a back-to-back for Miami of Ohio. Coming off a big upset win. Sort of upset. I mean, it was, but, you know, we called it here on the Coastal Coverage Podcast, so we're not surprised. Um, It's homecoming for Buffalo. There's that, but I don't know. You know, if this line was three and a half, I'd probably... Or, I mean, I'm sorry, if Miami of Ohio was giving three and a half, honestly, I've been projected to closer around. They should be a field goal favorite in this game, so uh, even on the road. But, um, you know, if Buffalo was catching a short line, I would probably take Buffalo. But as a favorite, I'm going to take Miami of Ohio. There's there's no way, even with as bad of a spot as it kind of is for Miami of Ohio, there's really no way I can justify taking Buffalo to win this game outright, even homecoming, whatever. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Miami of Ohio in this one. OU, we're sticking in the MAC. <laughs> Four straight games in the MAC on the schedule here. Um, OU going to Kent State um, to play the Golden Flashes. Golden Flashes laying 11 and a half. Um, it's homecoming for Kent State. They're coming off of – it's kind of a wonky spot for Kent State. Um, I laid the 11 and a half. They're the much, much better team. Um, but it's a really weird spot. Just, you know – Kent State hung in there with Georgia last week way longer than they were supposed to. So I'm not going to call it like a dream crusher or, you know, anything that there should be a hangover from. But I don't know. Maybe they got their hopes up a little bit at that game, you know, in in, in that game, you know. Uh, and, and they do have Miami of Ohio on deck. So it's a, it's a wonky, weird spot for the Kent State Golden Flashes. But I do think they are the better team by somewhere around this number. It's really, really close. So this is not a high-confidence play. 
but I am going to lay the 11 and a half with Kent State. Texas A&M, the Aggies going to Stark Vegas, Starkville to play Mississippi State, the Bulldogs. Bulldogs laying four. Now, uh, Mississippi State won this game last year, 26 to 22, and I think they are the better team this year. I do think they win this game. Um, however, four over a field goal, I'm, I'm not laying that kind of chalk with this team. Uh, in this spot, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the four points from Mississippi State. I, I feel all right about that one, honestly. Um, A&M, they played with a little fire last week. They got it done over a team that's better than them, quite frankly. Arkansas is better than them. And they got the win. So um, I, I feel like they're, they're feeling themselves at least a little bit, bouncing back off that Miami game. Um, or I'm sorry, the App State game. <laughs> uh, and, and they're going to cover this one, cover the four. Coastal Carolina is laying 10 against Georgia Southern at home. Uh, Coastal Carolina won this game by 20 last year. I know this is a different Georgia Southern team. They're looking pretty good this year. I have adjusted my grade on preseason. I projected this team to be shit. I projected them on the under four and a half. I've adjusted my grade. I think they are a little better than I expected them to be. However, I don't think they're within 10 of this Coastal Carolina, even though this Coastal Carolina team doesn't look as good as they have been over the last couple of years. We kind of expected that. I still think they're a few points above uh, 10 points better than this Georgia Southern team. And I, I think we'll see that on the field this game. Florida Atlantic traveling to play North Texas. Um, you know, three and a half points they're laying on the road. Second leg of a back-to-back for FAU. Conference USA play. These teams aren't separated by that much. I'm going to take the three and a half point dog at home. Um, honestly, North Texas doesn't look very good. FAU looks very inconsistent. Sometimes they look okay. Sometimes they look like shit. Um, I expect a close game. Anything can really happen in this game, but I'm going to take the home dog here in this matchup. Next game on deck, we're going to talk South Alabama, the Jaguars laying nine, traveling to uh, Cajun Field. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette catching nine, man. Who would have predicted this in the in the preseason? Um, I was I was actually I was kind of higher than South Alabama than I was on Louisiana Lafayette. You know, it didn't shake out that way record wise. Um, and I, I don't even honestly think, I think I graded them very close to similar, but I mean, I was more excited about the South Alabama team than I was ULL. I just gave ULL a pretty good record because their, their schedule was soft. However, now, uh, they got upset two weeks in a row that, uh, yours truly did call, <laughs> um, you know, enough about me though. This is, this is, this is, this is about all of us, <laughs> uh, you know, South Alabama land nine though on the road against ULL. I'm, I'm not ready to lay that kind of chalk at Cajun Field with a team that's, that's you know, been bad recent years going up against a team that's been really dominant in this conference for uh, a while now. It's homecoming for ULL. They've won this matchup six straight times. Um, you know the public's going to be all over South Alabama. I'm going to go ahead and take the Raging Cajuns to cover the nine at home. I hope South Alabama still gets the win. This could be an upset spot, unfortunately, for the Jaguars, maybe feeling themselves a little too much. Um, but, uh, I'm definitely taking the nine with ULL Cal catching four off of wazoo. Um, I kind of just have a rule of thumb with Cal where if they're catching over a field goal, I kind of always take them, uh, wazoo. They did win this game 21 to six last year, a little bit different situation, different scenario. Wazoo's honestly probably better than they were last year, but I would also argue that Cal's a little better than they were last year as well. So far as from what we're seeing. So, um, this game's definitely going to fall somewhere within a touchdown for sure. So I don't know. I'm going to take the four points with Cal. Nothing I feel great about, but it seems like a spot where you should just take the four and be happy with it. 
Liberty laying two and a half at Old Dominion. Um, you know, this game is going to be a, a decent environment. This is, you know, in-state rivals, so to speak, even though they're not officially rivals. These Virginia teams, they get all hyped up when they play each other. We've already seen an Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech, played Virginia really close. Now both those teams suck. And I honestly don't think much of Old Dominion this year. But their offense is really, really bad. Um, uh, to be frank, I'm, I'm surprised. This this line smells. This line's fishy, two and a half. Um Liberty's looked a lot better than that in comparison to Old Dominion, even on the road. Uh, so this line smells a bit. It makes me a little nervous, but I'm still I, – I got to lay it. I got to lay the two and a half with Liberty. There's no way you don't. Um, they won this game 45-17 to 17 last year. You know, I, I get it. It wasn't, you know, in Norfolk, but still. Um, okay, UTEP laying three at Charlotte. This seems like a really good spot to suck people in on UTEP on the road. Uh, like I said, Charlotte still sucks. Defense still terrible. Um, but Chris Reynolds is back, and they've been playing much, much better. Uh, that's not saying much because they were playing god-awful. <laughs> but they've been playing much better. UTEP, they beat Boise last week. That's a big emotional win for UTEP. <laughs> you know, sadly, it really is. I mean, I, you know, not talking shit about Boise, but those teams, it's not like they're long-standing rivalries or anything, but it's a big win for the UTEP program, especially on a year so far that's been disappointing. But I'm going to take the three points with Charlotte as the home dog, maybe sprinkle a little bit on the money line, but it seems like a good letdown spot for UTEP. Seems like a good little like trappy spot for you to go ahead and lay money on UTEP. I'm going to go the other way with it. I'm going to go with Charlotte. LSU laying nine at Auburn. Uh, Auburn won last year by five. They've won two straight, but here's the thing. They got really lucky to beat Missouri last week, and I don't think much of Missouri. Uh, Brian Harson, the clock is ticking. I, I don't think LSU looks great so far, but Auburn's Auburn's not looking like they're in good shape. I'm going to lay the nine points. I'm going to say Brian Kelly gets his team rolling a little bit here. Um, it's a good team to beat up on and feel good about yourselves uh, in this spot. So I'm, I'm laying the nine. Cincy minus nine and a half against Tulsa. Quite frankly, this line is really close to what I think the final score is going to be. Uh, Cincy, obviously the better team, but hey, just last year in Nippert, 28 to 20, since he gets the win. This game's always close. Tulsa, since the COVID year, since, uh, since he ducked him in the regular season, Tulsa hates this team. <laughs> and, uh, Tulsa's been playing pretty good, honestly. So, um, this is a really close game for me, but I did go Cincy's way. It's really close to the line I projected, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with Cincy here hesitantly. Arkansas State laying seven against ULM. ULM coming off a big win over rival ULL. Uh, Arkansas State's won this game 12 times in a row. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to lay the seven with Arkansas State. Um, they're at home. They got a lot more talent. Uh, you know, the better coach is obviously on the other sideline, but the talent differential from where Butch Jones has been recruiting is very far apart here. Uh, ULL or ULM coming off a big win. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to fade them here. I'm going to lay the seven with uh, the Red Wolves. Troy catching five and a half against Western Kentucky. Now, Western Kentucky's been looking pretty good, but Troy's been looking pretty damn good too. This is a weird spot. You're uh, coming off a two conference. I think the one was a conference game. I don't. I know they beat Marshall, and that was a conference game, but you're coming off a big conference win regardless, and then now you got to go Conference USA, play at their stadium. Uh, Western Kentucky been looking a lot better the recent weeks, but I still think Troy's actually the better team here. So catching five and a half, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take it. I'm going to take the points in this game. And this this could be an upset. I, I don't know that I'm calling it necessarily, but uh, I'm definitely taking the five and a half. Georgia laying 28. Now, let me get clear to you. 
with one thing here. Some of my lowest confidence games on this slate or in this from 7.30 on in this night. I don't like these night games very much at all. Um, it could just be that my brain's fried from this week, but <laughs> I'm, I'm not digging the end of this schedule. So I will say that outright right now. University of Georgia is laying 28 against Missouri, the Tigers. Um, Georgia won this game 43-6 to last year. I'm going to say flat out, like Georgia fell asleep at the wheel last week against Kent State. Maybe they do that again here, but there's I don't take the points with Missouri here. There's there's really no chance I do that. Um, I'm not excited to lay the points with Georgia, but if they go out there and these two teams both perform uh, to what their abilities are, 28 is a very coverable number for Georgia, even on the road. So I'm laying it. NC State catching six and a half off of Clemson. Um, NC State won this game last year, 27-21 in overtime. They lost the previous eight times. I don't know. This this line feels like a trap. It feels like everybody in the country is going to be on NC State plus the points, plus the money line. But I, I don't know how, unless he announces that Cade Klubnik is starting. <laughs> uh, I don't know how you, you lay the points with Clemson. I did it last week, tried to get cute, laid the points against uh lay the points against Wake on the road. And and, and honestly, if they'd have got the stupid two-point conversion, I, I would have covered it because I, I took six and a half. But um it's all good, man. It's all good. I'm, I'm going to take the points with NC State. I don't feel great about it. Seems trappy, but I also think it seems like the more logical play here. West Virginia catching 10 off of Texas. Um, I know the Red River shootout's on deck. I know West Virginia has beaten Texas for the last seven times they've played, including last year, 31 to 23. Um, but let's be honest, those wins usually come in Morgantown. I don't like this West Virginia team this year. I'm picking them in spots. They were one of my favorite plays last week, and they covered for me by a mile. Um, but I don't think this team's all that good. And I do think Texas is still decent. I don't think Sark's a great coach, which is why I think they're prone to lose like they did last week. They were underprepared for a game that you know they were favored in, but it was a massive spot for Texas Tech. They were so excited for that game. Last time, the Longhorns were going to be coming to Lubbock for the foreseeable future. They were hyped. Um you know, so Texas still looking vulnerable, still looking at times unprepared. But I think they're ready for this game. I think they're the much better team, and, and Quinn Ewers might play. And if he plays, uh, this is a tune-up game for the big one next week against Oklahoma. So um, keep an eye on that. But regardless, I'd like Texas to cover the 10 in this game. Nebraska coming off the bye week, laying five and a half at home, homecoming for Nebraska. This game, I hate this game, <laughs> flat out. Um I don't know. I don't feel comfortable laying over a field goal with Nebraska. It, it's a decent spot for them to have gone into the bye week and got to work under some things with uh, Mikey Joseph or Mickey Joseph, whatever his name is. But uh, flat out, they just haven't looked like a good football team at all this year. I've had to adjust my grade on them uh, pretty heavily. They don't look like a very good team. So I'm going to take the five and a half points with Indiana, but I absolutely hate this game. So there you go. Virginia at Duke. This is one of the ones I don't hate as much. It's homecoming for Duke. It's the second leg of a back-to-back for Virginia. I think it's going to be a pretty chalky play, but I, I really think Virginia really sucks. And Duke, I, I'm not ready to go all in on Duke, but they've looked impressive so far this year. Mike Elko has the team playing hard. Um, they even hung around with that Kansas team that, like I said, they're looking pretty good too. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know how you don't bet Duke here, honestly. Yeah, it could be a trappy spot. Uh, tricky number, but I'm going to lay the two and a half with Duke. And, and I, I don't really know how you can feel good going the other way unless you're just being cute. So 
Uh, Wyoming catching three at home off of San Jose State. San Jose State won this game by six last year. I think they win this game this year, but um, I don't know. Wyoming's kind of proving me wrong, too. They're, they're covering every game I bet against them in. They're in Laramie. Uh, it's always a tough place to go play. I'm going to take the three points. I think San Jose State gets it done, but I don't feel comfortable laying over a field goal here. So I'm going to take the three with Wyoming. UAB laying 10 against Rice. Now, this projection's right around what I thought it would be. Um, Rice showing a lot of improvement recently, but UAB's coming off a bye week, and Rice beat them last year. A really surprising loss for UAB. So um, if I remember right, Yes, that is the reason that UAB did not play for the conference championship is because Rice beat them. So uh, I think it's a massive revenge spot for a team coming off of a bye. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to lay the 10 with Rice and, or with UAB, and I feel pretty good about it. Um, Georgia Tech catching 22 and a half off of Pitt. This is why I hate this night slate. Like, I, what do you do with these stupid games? Georgia Tech, they have an interim head coach, Brent Key. He was the O-line coach. Uh, an assistant coach there most recently at Georgia Tech. Then before that, he was with um, he was with Nick Saban down there in Alabama coaching their O-line. So he's got some experience. He's got some chops. Um, I don't think they win this game or anything, but I know I know uh, the athletic director and Jeff Collins got fired and, and they went off about it, the president of the university or whatever. There at Georgia Tech went off about it. He was pissed that that's how they performed and that's what they did. He was disgusted by it. So... Um, maybe a little fire under Georgia Tech's ass for this week. I don't know. Maybe they cover the 22 and a half. Nothing I like, to be honest. So whatever. Um, New Mexico State laying 14 and a half against Florida International, who, like I said, I grade them as if they were an FCS team. That's how little I think of them. This is the second leg of a back-to-back road trip for them. So while I really hate laying 14 and a half points with New Mexico State in any given situation, uh, this is going to be the second week in a row. I am going to back Jerry Kill and the Aggies. I'm going to lay the 14 and a half here, um, but it's disgusting. Arizona laying 17 and a half against Colorado. Colorado randomly won this game 34 to nothing last year. This is a much better Arizona team this year. It really is. Um, but they got shelled by this team last year. So I'm not going to lay 17 and a half, you know, you know, approaching 18. I'm not laying that. Um with Arizona, even though Colorado is god awful, Carl Durrell will be fired soon. No worries there, but I, I don't feel comfortable laying that many points with a team that, you know, got shelled by the same exact team last year. And, and honestly, you know, they're a better team than Colorado for sure, but they're they're not in the even mid tier of the Power Five yet. So um, too many points, if you ask me. Arizona State at USC. I have no handicap on this game whatsoever. It's it's a really high line and a power five matchup. Arizona State now, you know, you're without Herm Edwards. That team's an absolute mess right now, but there's still talent on that team. So I don't know, whatever. I'm going to take the 26 points with Arizona State, but it, I feel nowhere near good about that one. I hate that game too. This is why I said I hate this night slate. It's terrible. Um, so there, there you have it. <laughs> um Oregon laying 17 against Stanford. Uh, Stanford, second leg of a back-to-back for them. They won this game in overtime last year, but it was on some questionable calls. Um, and, and I think Oregon maybe a little bit of re- revenge on the mind. Uh, they lucked out and, and kind of pulled away at the end of that Washington State game last week, a game they probably should have lost. Uh, they were not the better team for, for three and a half quarters of that game, more or less. So uh, 
you know, I don't think they're great, but Stanford, EJ Smith now out for the year or, uh, you know, Emmett Smith Jr., I believe. Um, but, you know, it is it is what it is. It is what it is, man. I, I'm just going to lay uh, the 17 points with Oregon. It's kind of like a little revenge spot. Stanford looking like shit. Second leg of a back-to-back. Uh, I don't feel great about it, but I don't know how you go the other way really in this spot. Um, final game we're going to talk. It's moved to Sunday. Meteorologist Mike gets to come out one more time. Uh, this storm is going to pass through Orlando. Uh, it's going to be like a Cat 1 hurricane at worst, so it's not going to be anything terrible. It's not going to decimate Orlando, but it's still going to be a pretty long week for uh, for the city. So, um, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I don't think it's going to have a heavy impact on this game. UCF gets the extra day. I don't know how much – I think they're going to miss a couple days of practice more or less because I don't think they've been missing earlier this week because the storm wasn't supposed to hit them earlier this week. So this kind of popped out out of nowhere, but it's not like a, a big deal for Orlando. They're going to get some wind. They're going to get some rain, but it's not going to be like everything in the world's destroyed. So if this game happens, I think UCF misses a day, two days at most of practice. Um, I'm going to lay the three-and-a-half points that they're giving to SMU. SMU beat them last year. Uh, UCF though has won five of the last six. It's a short enough number. Uh, and I don't think Ian's going to affect them enough that I- I'm going to go ahead. And I'm going to lay the three and a half with UCF. Uh, that's the last game. That's the last game we're going to talk. So, um, yeah, you can find us on Twitter at coastal covers. 24 is the podcast page at GCG underscore wins is my Twitter page. Um, let's do good this week. Let's crush it again. Those of you, uh, below me in South Florida, you know, the Gulf Coast. Good good luck. Hang tight. You're going to be all right. So we'll get through it. We'll move on. Um, that's going to do it for this week's uh, week five FBS picks edition of the Coastal Covers podcast. Thank you to all that are listening, all that are interacting on Twitter. I love it. Love to see it. Uh, I should be able to stay in tune with you as much as I can unless I lose power. But uh, that's about like a 50-50 call at this point. If I do, I shouldn't lose it through the weekend, so no worries. I'll be able to track the bets. I'll be able to look at what's going on. Uh, sorry there was no reaction to last week. There was no reaction because at the time earlier this week we were in the target, and like I said, my girlfriend was preparing like it was the fucking zombie apocalypse, so running ragged there. I'll try to do a reaction video this week, though, um, after after this week of games. So we should be able to get back on track after this week. So. That's the way it's going to go. Until then, uh, have a great rest of your week, and I will see you next time.